Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Primary Care Podcast. Today's joke is from the primarycarepod at gmail.com inbox. You know the routine. That's where we get our jokes from. That's where you can send me messages, emails, thoughts, prayers, etc. I don't care. Today, we actually have a fun animal fact. Remember those? We're going back to animal facts. Um, Dr. List, here's a fun animal fact for you. Do you know that koi fish travel in groups of four at a time? And it's actually to protect against predators. When they're attacked, koi A, koi B, and koi C travel in one direction. And the other one is the decoy. All right, let's start the podcast. The Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast produced on my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Well, welcome back to the podcast, pod girls, pod boys, pod peeps. It's your pod doc, Dr. Mark List, back at you with another episode of the Primary Care Podcast. Uh, we today are are doing, um, based on a new study, but it's a little bit of a different take. And um, I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast yet. And in almost three years, I think that's pretty good to not talk about that. Um, and that's burnout, right? Oh my God, let's, let's talk about the burnout, another depressing topic. Oh God, Okay, 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 okay. So this is a study that came from the uh, Journal of General Internal Medicine here in May of 2022. And the title is Factors Associated with Physician Tolerance of Uncertainty, an Observational Study. Um, and the background is this is a study where they interviewed uh, and they had uh, almost 2,200 physicians um, in this organization in Massachusetts. And they asked these physicians a battery of questions about burnout, about how they tolerate uncertainty, how they handle adversity, et cetera, and uh, about their kind of career satisfaction, et cetera. And I'm going to spare you the boring details about some of the methodologies because it's basically just an interview. Um, but um, they had multiple variable analysis, identified significant associations of lower tolerance of uncertainty more likely to be female-gendered physicians, right? Uh, so female docs were 20% uh, on average uh, less likely to be able to tolerate uncertainty, okay, in patient care. Um, more commonly seen in private practice that we had a low tolerance, primary care providers were uh, almost 50% compared to the average physician, um, uh, less likely to tolerate uncertainty. Um, and when you adjust for all the other personal characteristics, physicians with low tolerance of uncertainty had a higher likelihood of being burned out with an odds ratio of, get this, 3.06, which is, you know, basically 300% three times uh, higher than people, uh, than, than physicians with a high tolerance of uncertainty um, and were uh, significantly, very, very significantly less likely to be satisfied with their career and slightly less engaged at, at work to be slightly less likely to be engaged at work. And um, I don't like talking about burnout because all of the talk about burnout is, well, in my point, in, in my experience, kind of pointless, um, burnout discussions and research uh, tend to be incredibly, uh, you know, multi-pronged, meaning that there's there's not one reason for burnout. There's like 700 reasons for burnout. And 
you know, addressing burnout, treating burnout ends up just being mostly a, uh, a, a study into or a practice into uh, uh, be aware if you feel burned out and then take some time for yourself, <laughs> you know, do some yoga, do some meditation, right? I mean, that I, I, I kid in some ways because I think there are some steps you can take to reduce burnout, but curing burnout, reducing burnout is like, you know, the the public's perception of what we can do for cancer, right? Curing cancer, finding a cure for cancer, um, finding, you know, cancer is so many variables. There's so many steps. There's so many risk factors. There's so many reasons why people get cancer. There's so many different types of cancers that behave all so differently. In the exact same way, that's what physician burnout is. And um, physician burnout can, you know, it's it's very similar to burnout in other careers. You know, it's not like physicians um, and APPs and PAs and medical health professionals have, uh, you know, a a monopoly on burnout that happens in all professions. Uh, incredible, you know, in, in lots of other, in, you know, higher in some, lower in others. And, you know, the reason I picked this study is because the idea of tolerance of uncertainty is something that happens to primary care providers every day, right? And so this is a type of burnout that I think is absolutely um, addressable. And according to this study, it really caught my eye that three times higher likely to be burned out because of a lack of tolerability to uncertainty. And I want to read some of the, I want to read some of this article. Um, And like I said, uh, it's a good research article, but it is just a, um, it is just a, a survey. Uh, large bodies of research have demonstrated that uncertainty provokes fear, worry, and anxiety, perceptions of vulnerability and avoidance of decision-making. Stress from uncertainty is increasingly recognized as a likely burnout of, uh, a likely driver of burnout in healthcare. Um, and so this is something uh, that is uh, incredibly difficult, right, to deal with because, um, Tolerability of uncertainty is quite a, a nebulous topic, but ultimately it gets back to how comfortable are we with the unknown? How comfortable, and, and I, I want you to think about your own practice. And we all have patients that make our jobs difficult, right? The ones that talk too much, the ones that are, have, you know, have weird, creepy mental issues, uh, mental health issues that, you know, become overwhelming. The people who are borderline personality disorders who are constantly portaling or calling, um, the ones that you see on your schedule and you get that pit in your stomach, right? Um, and so this idea of a lower tolerance of uncertainty isn't necessarily dealing with that. It's dealing with those cases in your day that you're dealing with actively in primary care where things aren't making sense or you can't find an answer. And a lot of people, this deals with some chronic pain issues, fibromyalgia, um, you know, you name it, there's a lot of these cases, uh, you know, poorly treated depression or difficult to treat mental health, uh, you know, difficult to control. You know, people, patients have very weird, odd constellations of symptoms that don't fit anything and initial testing is negative. These really do create a lot of uncertainty, okay? And that uncertainty, according to multiple studies, and this is just the latest of of all these studies, lead us to feel burned out in our jobs. And I I wanted to address this today, and this is kind of like a a softer, you know, podcast. I don't usually do these. I usually do a lot more, uh, you know, based on stats and, and data. But I think this is really important because in primary care, learning 
how to be okay with uncertainty, learning to be okay with difficult cases, being comfortable enough to be vulnerable, not only with patients, but our staff and other providers to say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing on this. Can can I get a second opinion with you? In front of patients saying, you know, I think it could be this, this, or the other thing, but at this point, I like to use this term, your body's not reading the textbook. And so um, it, it's a nice way of me breaking it to the patient that I'm not saying that they're making it up, um, that I, I can't find a reason for their symptoms because it's all in their head. But at the moment, I'm not smart enough to figure it out. Or, you know, at this point, I can't figure it out. Doesn't mean that we can't, we're not going to figure it out later. But at this point, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't exactly, you know, know what's happening. We can run some more tests or we can give it some more time and see if things change. But having a, a lower tolerance, being more anxious about that uncertainty and about what that uncertainty does to you, um, absolutely, uh, again, can, can be a trigger or a driver of burnout and a lack of enjoyment uh, in your personal or in your professional life. And I think this is a little bit of an overlap with imposter syndrome, right? Um, uh, thankfully, I've never actually struggled with imposter syndrome, and that makes people hate me when I say that. Um, you know, I, I heard it said that there are two types of uh, healthcare providers. There's the healthcare providers that struggle with imposter syndrome, and then there's narcissists. Um, so I guess I know where I am. But <laughs> in, uh, in, in all serious note, um, some of the the feelings of imposter syndrome are is the fact that you know I'm not smart enough, or I don't deserve to be here, or people are going to see me as a fraud, or people are going to um, that are there that sense of vulnerability um, that I'm not, uh, you know, people aren't going to respect me because I'm not I'm not sure what's going on. And I think those are both tied together, right? And uncertainty, you know, having a lower tolerance of uncertainty doesn't just apply to diagnoses, right? This is also why private practices are are dwindling, right? Because uncertainty in private practice is significantly higher than in uh, if you're you know employed by a hospital system or by a clinic. Um, you know, if you have a, you know, basically guaranteed job, you show up, do your work, and you're going to get a paycheck, uh, you know, it depends on how hard you work is what that paycheck is going to be, right? Um, that lowers your uncertainty levels, right? And so that, that becomes easier and less stressful. Private practice has incredible amounts of uncertainty associated with it, uh, whether you are a physician, a, a, you know, an independent partner, or whether you're a PA or NP hired by that group, you don't know if you're going to have a job if if business downturns, right? Uh, during COVID, and uh, you know, there was significant, you know, and, and now with rising costs, significant amount of uncertainty about private practices, and that's why you see a lot more private practices selling out for that guarantee, um, or or having that kind of, you know. Uh, basement, basically that cap of, you know, at least I'll make this much per year, you know, and, and as healthcare providers, we have another layer of uncertainty in the fact that most of us, the majority of us uh, have a lot of debt, whether it be from college or from, you know, med school, uh, PA school, MP school, you know, and having uncertainty about what my financial situation is going to look like, you know, and physicians are notoriously the dumbest when it comes to financial decisions. Um, you know, having you know six figures of student housing debt or student loan debt, and yet buying a second you know house because of all the delayed 
you know, gratification that we have having to be in school for a billion years, right? And so we come out, we're like, ah, Lake House, ah, Mercedes, ah, you know, like, let's take a $25,000 trip around the world, right? Uh, I got money, let's spend it now. And uh, so we, a lot of us, um, I can't tell you how many times I, I see a lot of burned out providers because they feel like they have such financial uncertainty I have to make X number of dollars so I can be able to retire. I have to make X number of dollars so I can send my kids away to college. Meanwhile, we spend X, Y, or Z and our budget's crazy. Um, versus, you know, they could be a lot less burned out if they could see 10% less people because they didn't have to worry about the financial impact, right? Um, and that tolerance of uncertainty really does create more anxiety, really does create more burnout and unhappiness in the job. And so how do we address that, right? So obviously a lot of this is internal, right? This is a personality type, this is a trait, but just like all things, you know, these are things that we can work on as individual providers. Uncertainty with diagnoses, you know, I go by some, mantra, some mantras, 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 um, that were ingrained in me by some of my attendings or um, mentors. And um, some of them are things like, you know, uh, those, those, the, one of them I already mentioned today is, you know, your body doesn't, isn't reading the textbook, right? Being okay with not knowing what's going on, doing your job. And if your job isn't good enough, bad things are going to happen, right? Um, I, one mantra that I have is that, um, I am going to fail as a physician in every single patient I have because 100% of my patients are going to die, right? And so knowing that there is nothing that I can do Everything that I do is just prolonging and preventing that from happening as soon as, you know, you know, happening now and happening in the relatively near future um, is a win, right? And so starting from this nihilistic approach of like, well, everyone's going to die eventually, right? And, and, and working my way up from there of, you know, I'm doing the best I can to help my patients as best I can and live the happiest and healthiest lives they can. Everything that I do is just a cherry on top of the vanilla sundae, Right. And so there are mindsets that you can have. And um, like all things with burnout, acknowledging the fact that this is absolutely triggering burnout or triggering you to be unhappy with your job is one of the first steps, right? And so how can I be more tolerant of uncertainty? You know, those things we talked about, but also knowing that you have limitations and being okay with limitations. Again, another mantra is um, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know and that I'm never going to know. You know, in primary care, and this is one of these, uh, um, uh, you know, the, they, they noticed that uh, lower tolerance of uncertainty was seen in primary care. There is so much that I am never going to be able to be an expert on, right? I had a conversation today with a colleague and they were talking about their significant other was on a uh, medication for multiple scler sclerosis. And, you know, they, they named this drug and I was like, oh, I've never even heard of that before. You know what I mean? There's, there's so much medicine as a primary care provider that I'm not going to know. And being okay with not knowing everything is an incredibly good first step in tolerating uncertainty because you basically have to accept the fact that no matter how smart I am, no matter how much I try to prepare, no matter how uh, much I study or, or learn or listen, I'm never going to have all the answers. And sometimes there are just things that I'm just never going to be able to explain, but I'm just going to be, I'm going to learn how to present that in a way that um, is more of a conversation with the patient, not like, hi, I'm an idiot and I, I don't know what's going on with you, but having more of a free-flowing conversation about, well, at this point, I can't figure it out. You know, I have some suspicions, but 
here are some future things that we can do, whether that mean more investigation, more testing, or you know, referral to specialists who might have second opinions, right? And I wanted to get back to this fact of um, a, 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 a rise in burnout associated with you know, not being able to tolerate uncertainty. And you know, healthcare is a vocation. Right and and vocation right is is more of uh, you know you can read different um, definitions of vocations you can have different you know definitions of vocations um, and vocation in, in some for in some you know people's mind means like a a very worthy profession or somebody something that you really have a um, a passion on right but vocation by itself is more of a suitability or a feeling of suitability to a career or an occupation. And all of us chose to go into healthcare for a reason, right? It's not like we just fell into this. Um, and, and all of us, it's about remembering why we do this. And for me, it's, I love taking care of patients. Honestly, I, I love helping them as mo- best as I can. I want to see the best for my patients. I want to prevent heart attacks. And when people are struggling with acute illnesses, I want to get to the bottom of them and, and figure it out. And I, part of, and that's where a lot of us are at, um, and, and how we feel about our patients and why we choose healthcare. And again, it causes so much internal stress and anxiety when all of that builds up and we're not able to release it and we're not able to be okay not knowing, or if we make a mistake or a patient ends up being admitted to the hospital, you know, not beating yourself up, right? And healthcare's vocation, it is a purpose for our life, right? Um, and you can think about it that way, that you're never going to be perfect. You're always going to make mistakes. But the vocation of healthcare is every day getting better at not only our job, but also being okay with the fact that all of us are going to die and we just need to do the best that we can at helping our patients out, um, you know, the vocation is a vocation is something that is going to direct your living. Um, there's a, a a book I've read by Joel Bierman. Um, he's got a, a doctorate in um, uh, um, divinity and talks about um, and this is you know from more of a religious standpoint, but vocation being a purpose that directs your life, right? Vocation is an obligation that we have basically that has been given to me to fulfill. Right, um, I have been given these patients, and it is my obligation to do the best that I can with them. Right, it's my instruction, and it's how I'm going to use my time. You know, before I retire, is to take care of these people. Right, and I've been given these. I've been given these patients to take care of. Um, by, you know, whether you think it's by, you know, your creator or by your healthcare organization or by fate or however you deal with it. But you're given these people because of your ability, because of your gifts, because of your talents and your wisdom, your, your brain power, right? And you've been given this great blessing to do this and to take care of these people. And it's okay if you're not perfect. And it's okay if you make mistakes. And sometimes having partners, having people in your life that you can talk to about uh, failures, fears, anxieties, about not 
about failing patients can be really helpful, right? And for better or for worse, um, healthcare as a vocation absolutely defines our lives, right? Um, when I worked uh, when I worked on the golf course when I was in high school, you know, you know, driving around in a golf cart, picking up range balls, taking out trash, you know, doing things around the pro shop, you know, that's not that doesn't define my life, right? Uh, when I was in high school and I was a pizza delivery guy and I made chicken for a pizza ranch, right? That doesn't define my life. Uh, when I worked in a meatpacking plant to make money over the summer before I went to college, right? That didn't define my life. Uh, but but healthcare does, right? Um, it's always for the rest of my life going to define who I am, and knowing that it for some people that's overwhelming because they don't want to be a failure they don't want to mess up they don't want to you know a lawsuit to come in because they miss something uh you know being afraid of making a mistake but we're all going to make mistakes and that relationship that with that you have with your patient um and having those conversations and and being okay with uncertainty is a drive that we should all continue to work towards. Just like we're working towards being smarter, learning more things, staying up to date, uh, being more efficient with our practices, being okay making mistakes, being okay not knowing everything, being comfortable with who we are and kind of getting over that um, fear of imposter syndrome or, or making mistakes is something I think we all just need to continue to strive towards. And just like with everything with burnout, you know, it's unfixable, uh, but it's something that we continue to work on every day so that it becomes less of an issue for us. Um, I, again, this is way off topic from what we normally do. Hopefully this was um, uh, a change of pace for you. It was definitely a change of pace for me. Uh, there was actually an, uh, a, an evidence-based study to support this uh, spiel, um, but I think it's something that um, I, I like to talk about when I do physician one-on-one coaching about uh, accepting uh, you know, changing the things you can change. Uh, I talked about changing your schedule, uh, making your schedule more predictable. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, that's actually eliminating uncertainty, right? Um, eliminating the uncertainty uh, can also be something that is really easy to do if you prep your charts ahead of time, right? Uh, if you ch- if you chart prep a week or a day or two days ahead of time, you then go to the next day, you go to the, the two days from now, you go from a week from now, knowing that, you know, you know about the patient you're not coming in blind. You're not going to be blindsided, right? Uh, there are so many little tics, tips and tricks uh, when it comes to practice management that can make you more prepared for what you're actually doing that day and have less likely things to come out of left field and and you know knock the wind out of you and, and cause you to feel uh, overwhelmed and burned out. And so again, we're going to keep talking about these things as we go along um, on this podcast. Um, thanks for tuning in. Sorry if this wasn't your cup of tea or what you signed up for, but Again, I think it's an important topic, and um, clearly it, it drives a lot of burnout and definitely affects primary care providers. So this has been Dr. Mark List. Reminder, you don't need to stay up all night, stay up to date. Thanks, and have a great week.